Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there to my actual left uh, at his... uh, at his house in Voorheesville, New York, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Yeah, shout out to the actual left. Yes. Way, way better than over there on the other side of the screen. This yep. is pretty cool. Yeah, the uh, other side of the screen is more well known, but you know, it's uh, you know, it's you know, it's special when when you're able to do it in person, especially after you know, after 2020. I mean, you know, you <laughs> just you just couldn't be in person. At is this all. our uh, is this our first in person show? Away from Springfield. Away yeah. from Springfield, yeah. yeah. I think it is. Wow. It is. First time, you know, off uh off the yeah, home ground of Springfield College. We have uh we've gone uh an, another direction. So yeah. That's exciting. Tomorrow we are going to uh I'm making my first trip to the National uh, baseball hall of fame. Which is a crime. Yeah. I can't I cannot believe you're what? You're about to turn 21 in November. Yeah. You've, it's taken you 20 and a half years, and you live not too far away. You're still on the East Coast. I yeah. Mean, still in the Northeast. I, I cannot believe it's taken you this long. So, I I had to I had to someone had to do it. Yeah. And I'm only an hour away. So uh yeah, I yeah. was like, it's All Star Week. You know, we're gonna watch the Derby and the game at my house, and t- uh, tomorrow during the day before the All Star game, uh, Chris is making his Cooperstown debut. Yeah, and um. I'm looking for everybody. I'm looking for, you know, everybody's from 18, 1869 to today. Yeah. I'm trying to get a, uh, trying to get some action, trying to read some plaques, mm-hmm. get some pictures. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, this is going to be my first time going post history series. Yeah. Which I think it's going to be like, it's the history series get, definitely gave me a whole new perspective on the baseball hall of fame. You know, mm-hmm. I'm usually just there for the generally well-known guys, but now I mean like, you know, now I'm there for Al Simmons. Yeah. And now I'm there for Old Cross <laughs> Radboy. The A's dynasty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Lefty Grove. We got to get, yeah, got to see Lefty Grove. Yeah, I, I, my, I, Chris and I might be the youngest people ever to take a picture with Al Simmons' plaque. Yeah, correct. Like, he probably, And we might be the only people ever to take a picture with <laughs> Al Simmons' plaque. He might be, yeah, outside of the Simmons family. Yeah. I think we're, we'd probably be the only people. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. And, I'm uh, very excited. And we got, so we got that tomorrow. But tonight, as of this recording, we got Home Run Derby. And uh, after that, we got All-Star Game. Um, so we'll start off by getting into uh, the biggest news in the in the baseball world uh, happening. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, on Saturday tore his ACL, uh, running, running down first base, and... Uh, will be out for nine to ten months, uh, and it and it really is a, a tough thing to, to swallow. This really, really hurts. Uh, Acuna is such a big part of the game. Like, I was looking through midseason awards, and, like, there's a chance he might have been my NL MVP. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to, you know, obviously he's not going to win it now. But, yeah, this is hard. Like, he's such a big personality in the game. He is such a presence on the field. Uh, this This hurts in every way possible. It hurts the Braves' playoff chances a lot. In a year where you know their other best player is in a contract year, and their other other best player uh, is off the field for uh, you know various reasons, legal yeah. reasons, and then so, this they're, hurts. They're probably like you know some of their other best players have been had had inj- injuries this year mm-hmm. and underperformed. Um, yeah, you know the Braves have been uh, probably the most I guess confusing team of the year. I guess. Uh, in in my mind that I can think of, maybe not because they're streaky, but just because you know I've, the whole year we've been waiting for them to get on a hot streak and it just hasn't happened. Yeah. And uh, this, you know, decreases those chances, and I feel like it puts it, 
the Mets in a very clear position to be the favorites to win the NL East. It does. I mean, if they weren't if they weren't breaking out when Acuna was there, it's hard to imagine you know they're going to be able to do it without him, yeah. especially because he was. I mean, he was the best part of their offense mm-hmm. across the board. He was the best base runner. Uh, he was the best hitter, contact hitter, power hitter, like everything you could possibly want a hitter to do. Acuna was b- doing better than anybody else on that team this entire year, and they're gonna have to go without that from here on. Yeah, he's been a you know he's been a spark plug in the lineup ever since he came in. You know the the year that the Braves started winning titles was happened to be his rookie year, mm-hmm. and he, he won Rookie of the Year. I mean, he was not yeah. along for the ride that year. Yeah, he he you know brings life into the offense, and especially when considering the fact that uh, Ozuna is no longer uh, in the lineup <clears throat> for the Braves. I mean, that that's pretty much all your right-handed power that is leaving the lineup. Yeah, uh, and then obviously, you know, this... I One thing I mentioned to you is, like, depending on what happens with Freeman, this could be the ultimate sign of the Braves' window closing. Yep. Yeah. It, which is a scary thought because, I mean... That team is very, I mean, they're likable. Like, yeah. you know, as long as you're not an, a fan of another NL East team, like, there's a lot of reason to root for this team, uh, you yeah. know, in the past. Uh, and Acuna was obviously one of them. And it's really tough to figure where they're going to go from here with Acuna being out the rest of this year, Ozuna being out indefinitely. Uh, I mean, I, Ozuna's never coming back to the Braves. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just not happening. He's a, you know, he shouldn't be back in the league ever. And then Freddie Freeman possibly gone, being gone after this year as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's and it's definitely closed uh, faster than, or if it is closing, it's closing faster than we expected. You know, 2018 was the early arrival, and then they were supposed to be good in, in 2019 and 2020, and and this year, but hasn't been working out this year. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think this really puts the this really puts pressure on the owners not to do anything now but it must put you know the idea of what they should do with freeman on their minds quickly because i mean if they don't plan on uh re-signing him after the offseason he could you know potentially be a, a trade target i don't think that will happen but, i doubt it but you know i i imagine they make some effort to resign him after the yeah after the season and but... honestly i would still put a decent amount of odds on them re-signing Freeman. Yeah, you know, I think he could. I think realistically, he probably stays, but I'm not putting a guarantee on anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, like historically, the Braves have been m- like middle of the pack spenders. Some sometimes on the upper end. Um, it it kind of depends how much they believe in the team, and I, I feel like yeah, they could re-sign him. Mm-hmm. And like, don't forget, they also have Acuna and Albies locked up on very team-friendly deals as yeah. well. So it's not like they're, you know, they're running thin on cap space. Right, right. And uh, they have young pitching, to, you know, not not like three or four guys, but, you know, Max Freed and uh, Max Freed and Ian, Ian Anderson. Anderson. And I guess, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with Mike Soroka, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Especially even if he, even if Soroka does come back, you don't know if he's going to be quite the same. But you know that's a that's another story. So I mean it's a it's an interesting situation with the Braves. Uh, I, I mean we haven't previewed them for the trade deadline yet, but it probably changes a lot. I, I don't see them potentially buying uh, this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. I it, I think I think this this upcoming offseason will be uh, the biggest offseason for the Braves in terms of where the where the direction of the franchise is going mm-hmm. in you know recent history mm-hmm. yeah I think you nailed it with that statement right there yeah it's gonna be a decision time because I mean the likelihood of them making the playoffs this year just went down a lot as uh they lost you know their most valuable player of the of the 2021 season um any more thoughts on it I mean probably like they're I mean yeah yeah, you probably you kind of said it right there. I mean, one of their best valuable, most valuable players this season, one of their most valuable players overall over the last decade plus. Yeah, uh, this team is better with Acuna in it. The whole lineup, uh, you know, feeds off of Acuna's presence because of the energy he brings. Yeah. This is going to be a very detrimental loss for Atlanta. Uh, by the way, did you see um? 
so on the play that happened, Jazz Chisholm hit a ball that ended up being an inside-the-park home run because of uh, Acuna's injury. Obviously, he went down. And the Marlins tweeted out a video of the highlight being like, you want to watch Jazz hit an inside-the-park home run? And then, like, two, and then like today, there was, a twi- there was a tweet where it said, like, uh, jobs available in Miami, Florida, social media assistant for the <laughs> Miami Marlins. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's tough. I wonder why. I wonder what happened. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, the state of the Braves. Uh, you know, you, obviously you, you wish him well. And, I mean, nine, ten months, that'll be, you know, he won't be ready for the beginning of next season. He'll be ready, you know, within the first couple months maybe. Um, so, you know, it changes your outlook on uh, – 2021 Braves and uh, and beyond that as well because of the implications. Um, all right, do we want to get into uh, our midseason uh, midseason awards? Let's do it. I think um, I didn't prepare a ton of numbers for this, but me neither. I, I mean, I feel like a lot of them are pretty runaway at this point. Yeah, I think uh, we should we should say like our midseason awards, and we should like say if if we think they're going to win it overall sure, at, sure. by the, by season's end, uh, I think, I mean, most of them probably are like pretty, pretty well on track, but, uh, it's hard to say. All right. Uh, so we'll start off like how they announce, you know, regular mm-hmm. awards at, at award season. We'll start off with American league rookie of the year. What do you got? American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, the field isn't super deep this year. Uh, you know, none of the big time prospects have really performed. But you know, the the standout guy I think is Adelis Garcia, Texas Rangers. Had a was the Rookie of the Month in May. Uh, he's had a fantastic year so far. Uh, obviously, he's an All Star. Um, and you know, I think the one thing that can certainly be improved with his game is the strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah. Obviously, he's striking out at a thirty percent weight weight rates walking at a less than five percent rate so but other than that uh you know he's hit the ball really well slugging 527 on the year uh it's a pretty easy choice for me i'd go with adelise garcia and do i do am i saying now if i think i'll win it yeah okay i'll say i do think i I do think he wins it you know i think it's barring a a big surge from someone like wander franco or jared kelnick but i mean Mm -hmm. you know a lot of his stats show that he's probably going to keep it going. He's 84th percentile in average exit velocity, 79th percentile in hard hit rate, 92nd percentile in barrel percentage, uh, 83rd percentile in expected slugging, also 97th percentile in outs above average, 70th percentile outfielder jump, 78th percentile sprint speed. Uh, You know, just about every part of his game outside of the strikeouts and the walks uh, are pretty excellent and show that, you know, it shows that he can slug like this you know, going forward. So I would stick with that Elise Garcia for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Garcia has definitely made a name for himself. He you know, was it's funny. These, the second, the second best American league rookie is probably also named Garcia. Uh, Oh, Luis Garcia. Yeah. Of the Astros. Astros. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm go, you know, mid season AL rookie of the year. I have, uh, Adolis Garcia as well. Uh, he, Leads all AL rookies in offensive runs above average, F war, and all uh, American League position player rookies in Baseball Reference War. Uh, they kind of have Baseball Reference War has a uh, Casey Mize's wins above replacement a little messed up. Uh, it's kind of weird. Right. He's uh, and just a general thing. He's hitting 270 with an 840 OPS, eight stolen bases, and he is tied for 11th among all fielders in outs above average. Um, so yeah, we both have Adolis Garcia. He's kind of the the clear option, and I'm trying to see if I think potentially there's another uh, another guy that can take the reign because I feel like uh, Rookie of the Year. It's kind of a f- fragile it award. Is. You can kind of go on a. You slump. can win it in a month. Yeah, you can yeah. lose it in a month. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, you you mentioned Luis Garcia. He's someone that could uh, potentially mess with that. There's three guys I'm maybe thinking of that could win it by year's end. Uh, Casey Mize, Cole Irvin, and uh, Luis Garcia. Um, Barring any of the big-name prospects, obviously, as well. Right. Uh, I'm going to say 
I think by year's end, uh, and I think he's he's uh, getting a more uh, significant role in the rotation. I think uh, Luis Garcia is going to take that award Ooh, by season's end. I think he steals it. Okay, that would be the second Astro in three years to win it. Yeah, because I mean, with the way uh, Gar- uh, Odolis Garcia strikes out, I could see I could see a, a, a little bit of a drop off. Um, but you know, he's definitely stayed good uh, pretty much you know most of the year. You know, you have ups, ups and downs naturally, and he's got a very very good glove. Uh, he's you know tied for eleventh and now it's above average among all fielders. All right, uh, National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, this one's kind of easy. This one's definitely a lot easier. It's Trevor Rogers from the Miami Marlins. He's really come up big for them. Uh, in a year where Sixto Sanchez was sort of the, you know, the headlighter in that rotation among the younger guys, you know, he's gone down with an injury and it looks like his timetable is not very good. Uh, Trevor Rogers has stepped up big time. Um, I have a stat. He is one of six pitchers mm. in the history of baseball. And this probably isn't sustainable, but as it stands right now, he's one of six pitchers in the history of baseball to have a qualifying season with a 175 or higher ERA plus, uh, 0.5 or less home runs per nine, and 10 or more strikeouts per nine. The other five pitchers to have done that in a qualifying season, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Jacob deGrom, Clayton Kershaw, and Trevor Bauer. <laughs> and add Trevor Rogers to that list. Yeah. And... and, um, and- one of them, like Rogers, has already already has more inning that innings than Bauer did last year. This is Bauer in twenty eighteen. Oh, Bauer in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, add Trevor Rogers to the list. And also, like, you know, I was one thing I was really picking up on. Like, there are a lot of parallels between this season and another uh, really good Miami Mar Miami Marlins rookie starting pitcher season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Think back to twenty. 13. That's right. Uh, Jose Fernandez also had a 176 ERA plus in his rookie season. That's exactly what Rodgers is at. Wow. His home runs per nine was at 0.5. Rodgers is at 0.4. And uh, Fernandez's strikeouts per nine were at 10 point or were at 9.7. Rodgers is at 10.8. So he's actually, I mean, there are, like I said, a lot of parallels between the two rookie seasons there uh, in Florida. Yeah. That's, South Florida. That's pretty, pretty what, like, yeah, when... I was thinking about the Marlins rotation kind of playing a role this year. I was, you know, you think about uh, Sanchez, Lopez, and Alcantara, mm-hmm. but Rogers, you know, just getting in the mix. Yeah, I mean that rotation looks very good going forward when they get Sixto back. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's, it looks like a, it looks like a top rotation in the game without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and they're all very very young. I think the oldest guy out of there might be twenty six or twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them have been on the team super long either, so it's not like mm-hmm. I like Pablo might be RB eligible. Sandy's definitely RB eligible, but other than that, no one's hitting free agency yeah. anytime soon. The other two are under control for a while. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Uh, Trevor Rogers is also my NL Rookie of the Year. Leads all MLB rookies, you know, Major League Baseball rookies in Baseball Reference WAR and FanGraphs WAR. And yeah, two three one ERA, two two four nine FIP, three two two expected ERA in one hundred one and a third innings pitched. Um, so he could get up close to uh, two hundred innings in our, in his rookie year, which would be pretty astounding. Uh, now to uh, probably our least favorite award. <laughs> <laughs> it's it sucks because like I, I bet yeah the the people who uh, like I test definitely love this award. Yeah, but. We're not a fan of that. We like, you know, digging into numbers, but we, you can't really do. You have to really just. And by the way, we forgot to mention this. Trevor Rogers is going to win the award. Oh yeah, yeah. I, we don't even need to say that, but yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Rogers is going to maintain it. And uh, I, I, I don't think anyone else is going to catch up to him. So yeah, uh, yeah. Manager of the year. Uh, we'll start in the American League. Uh, I think we probably would have the same guy. Uh, I got Alex Cora. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Red Sox, I mean, they had the fourth overall pick in the draft last night just to show where they were at in 2020. Um, Alex Cora comes back, and they have one of the best records in baseball. Yep. They're on pace to win, I think, like 98, 99 games, something like that. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing stopping him is 
the team uh, maybe not make winning the division because I think realistically Tony Larusa could win it as well. Yeah. As sad as that sounds, because I mean that that the White Sox are probably the biggest division lock right now, specifically because the Twins just free fell this entire year. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, um, I think the only yeah, I mean maybe like Charlie Montoyo if the Blue Jays surge, maybe. Scott Service or Joe Madden if the Mariners or Angels surge, but other than that, uh, I still think the safest bet is Alex Cora. He hasn't won it before, so mm. and it's he's a quote unquote first year manager, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, a unique a unique situation where you literally see what the team did with him, what they did after, what they did without him, and then what they did when he came right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like. You know, he won a World Series with them in 2018. Not a great year in 2019, but then 2020, Ron Renneke was managing. They went 24 and 36. Luckily, I mean, like, it worked. It really worked out. I mean, like, it is very crazy. The Red Sox tanked in a 60-game year. Yep. Where they, you know, the fans didn't have to suffer that much. Brought back Alex Cora. Have the best record and one of the best records in baseball, and they got the number one prospect in the draft. Yeah, like what, what a sequence for the, the Boston Red Sox. The, yeah, the that's, guy, that's, the, what, that's how you rebuild. The Pirates, Rangers, and Tigers all passed on him. Yeah, well, we, I, I understand why they did for the most part. Yeah, I understand why. Well, we can get into that later, but the only the only team that I really think fumbled it was the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that was the first draft I kind of paid attention to i was so, saying most times in the draft it's like this this is such a crapshoot like just take someone who you mm-hmm. like and yeah. whatever like i remember in 2015 uh i really wanted the red sox to take carson fulmer because <laughs> the team needed pitching and he was a really good pitching prospect out of vanderbilt which is a pitching factory of course and they took andrew benatendi instead and i got really mad <laughs> and then after that i was like all right you know what no more no more getting mad about draft picks right you know what? Like we don't like. I don't know. I'm not. An, I don't scout these guys. Oh yeah, I was actually telling uh, my parents about it, but it was funny. Funny uh, story about Red Sox failed first round picks. I uh, I was at spring training in like 2014 or 2015. Yeah, I remember you told me about this. Yeah, and I got I got an autograph, and then I saw the last name, and it said Ball for Trey Ball, and I was like. I was I was like yes this guy's a seventh overall pick. If you yeah he the Red Sox drafted this like two way sort of left handed pitcher uh, out of high school named Trey Ball and I don't even know if he got to Double A. <laughs> I think he straight up was in rookie ball or yeah. like low A ball. <laughs> yeah. The entire time. Yeah, seventh overall. I just... remember I remember Trey Ball from A ball. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, his autograph is somewhere in my house. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, back to uh, the award. I mean, yeah, I think Alex Cora is the pretty clear choice. I mean, you know, I I get I know that LaRousse is a first-year manager, but the, the team went 35-25 and 25 last year. Um, They're also 28-30 and 30 when they don't face, like, the worst four teams in the American yeah, League. Yeah. They, they, they went 7-0 against the Orioles this year. Congrats, yeah. you did it. Red Sox are in a tougher division. They've... Uh, I think they're like four and two against the Rays. They're six and zero against the Yankees. Uh, you know they're they're beating good teams. It's a I think they have a winning choice. record against the Blue Jays too. Yep. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, they do. They do. So. They do. They won two series and then they split a four gamer. Oh yeah, because of the JD yeah. home run. Yeah. Remember now. Yep. In uh, Dunedin. Um, Dunedin. 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 Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, in terms of who, who I, I mean, yeah, I think I think he's gonna win. Even if they get a wild card spot, I think they win. I think that right. In order for but him, if they win the division, it's a sealed deal. Oh yeah, if if he doesn't win, uh, if he doesn't make the playoffs, then yeah, you don't give him manager of the year because then also they blew it. Yeah, I, I'll stick with my guts and say he wins it. Yeah, because uh, like he fits the tendencies. They're not gonna give it to Kevin Cash again. No, they won't give it to Aaron Boone again, even if you know the Yankees don't lose a game in the second half and finish the season. Right? Can they, can they already wait? Can the can the Yankees already not be as good as uh, 1998? They were, they're like five game, five losses away or something like that. Oh, okay, cool. I, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it would be it would be uh hard to do, hard to pull off. Um so yeah, uh Alex Cora, we both believe is uh midseason manager of the year and will end up midseason or uh overall manager of the year right. in twenty twenty one. Uh, National League Manager of the Year. I think there's two good candidates. Oh, mine is just Gabe Kapler. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. What's yours? Gabe Kapler. Who was the other one? Craig Council. Yeah, Craig Council's a good one. They've hasn't he has he already won it? Uh, no, I don't think he has I, though, because they gave it to Snicker in eighteen. I thought I thought yeah, he should have no. won it in okay. twenty eighteen. Yeah, but they gave it to um, Snicker. I mean, I don't know. I'd still. I mean, the Giants are in a ridiculous division with two powerhouses. Yeah. The Brewers are in a more weak division, mm-hmm. where. You know the I think the, the favorite for a lot of people is under five hundred at the break, um, mm-hmm. and you know that was really the only legitimate threat for them to win the division. So um, realistically, I mean, get, you know the Giants were my sleeper team, and when I said that, I, I was thinking like they might sneak into that second wild card spot. Now we're talking they have the best record in baseball at the break, and they might win the division. Yeah, against two powerhouse teams. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. I mean, you know, the entire narrative appropriately was the power, the top two teams in the National League West, you know, duking it out, Dodgers, yeah. Padres, they're going to probably, they might feed off the rest of the division. Uh, the Giants, I mean, you know, they kind of surprised us last year. They almost got into the playoffs uh, as kind of a depleted roster, but mm-hmm. I mean, 57 and 32 in, uh, in a division with the Dodgers and Padres. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at the like the win breakdowns uh, last last night they were like super amazing against above 500 teams as well um, so yeah yeah I went with uh, I went with Gabe Cap I'm going with Gabe Kapler um, for uh, the by the end of the year I'm still gonna say yes all they all he has to do is make the wild card and that's that looks very likely at this point because the other two divisions look very depleted. Yeah, I don't see uh, I don't see Luis Rojas getting it in in that division, uh, potentially by the end of the year. So yeah, I'll say Gabe Kapler uh, sticks with the uh, mm-hmm. Manager of the Year award I do too. in the National League. All right, on to uh, an intriguing vote uh, with the pitchers. American League Cy Young. Who do you got? Uh, I said last show, this guy is one start away from. Uh, you know, setting him up as the favorite. My pick is Carlos Rodon. Uh, he is my uh, he was my AL Cy Young midseason. The guy has the best. He is he's the best ERA in the American League, I believe. He has thirteen point oh five strikeouts per nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of his four peripherals are better than Garrett Cole's. Um, and I'm not you know I'm not throwing anything against Garrett Cole. He's just the other competitor in this yep. uh, race. You know, he's, he has, I mean, he's virtually better at most of the things than any other pitcher in the American League so far this season. Uh, I don't know how sustainable it is, but, you know, he also has the no-hitter as, like, a good moment. Um, so, and he almost threw a perfect game in that same start. Uh, I don't really need much else to say other than I think Carlos Rodon currently is my Cy Young. All right, I have uh, Garrett Cole as my mid-season American League Cy Young. He's a... Uh, Third uh, overall rankings, he's not like he's not first in a lot. He's third in innings pitch with 114 and a third. Fourth in ERA with a 2.68. Third in FIP with a 2.90. Uh, third in strikeouts per nine with an 11.6. First in WHIP with a 0.93. First in strikeout to walk ratio with a 6.7. Third in uh, F WAR and first in B WAR. Uh, I, I I think he's. He has twenty four and two thirds more innings pitched than Rodon. I think. Yeah, eight, Rodon is eighty nine. Garrett Cole is one hundred. I think fourteen. Yeah, yeah, and I I couldn't uh couldn't ignore that. He's that also, is that is very valid. He he's also made uh, three more starts, and I think their ERAs are close enough, uh, where I have to favor Cole because of the innings. So I just know that the baseball writers they like consistency. Yep. And Garrett Cole obviously had a rough stretch from like basically June to that Red Sox start. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I picked Rodon. Uh, and, you know, obviously we're talking about if we think they'll win it. I don't think Carlos Rodon wins it. I think mm-hmm. Garrett, especially after that last start against Houston, yep. I think Garrett Cole wins the Cy Young. Right. Yeah. I mean, Cole, yeah, Cole had a, a, a banner start uh, 
yeah. against Houston on 129 Saturday. pitches. Yeah, it was a you know it was a throwback for sure. Yeah, I mean, and the, not only that, but his 129th pitch was 99 miles an hour. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was crazy. Crazy to think about uh, what he's capable of, even even without uh, sticky substances yeah. or what have you. Uh, yeah. So I got Garrett Cole um, midseason, and yeah, I I'm with you. I think he's gonna end up winning it. Do we even need to do we even need to go over mm-hmm. NL Cy Young? Uh, I mean, we'll acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> National League's. Yeah. So Cy anyway, Young. Kevin Gosman's had an incredible season. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I Wait, mean, he who, has. Who yes. uses the NL and wins? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I saw someone the other day was like eleven and four with like a mid ERA. Don't go to batting stats. Uh, let's take a look. Yeah. Oh wait. You know you can just go on dashboard. You don't even have to go to. Wow. Standard. Yeah. No fan graphs is for everybody. Uh. Yeah. So anyway, Julio Urias. <laughs> that's who it was. That's exactly. Oh no, it was it was Hendricks. Uh, Julio Urias. It's a battle. Eleven, 11 and three. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, eleven and three, a hundred six in the third innings pitched, one hundred nineteen strikeouts. Uh, Julio Urias uh, is far and away the National League Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, Urias, you know, he's on a, you know, not that good of an offense. You know, the no. Dodgers, they they don't they don't have any run support for him. That's why he's yeah. only eleven and three. You could never <laughs> picture them like scoring like twenty two runs in a game. Yeah, never. No, never. That could never be a, a thing. Yeah. So yeah, Arias, uh, eleven and three with a. Uh, I mean, I don't like to go two and two advanced stats, but a three six four ERA. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's probably the uh, <laughs> the most advanced. Yeah, I'll I mean, get. listen, it doesn't like you know how many ERAs does it take to win a game? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um. But yeah, uh, I, I guess our consensus pick would be uh, Jacob Degrom. Yeah, there's not. I mean, we don't need to look into for, it for uh, for context on Mr. Degrom. He's the National League leader in hits everything. Per, hits per nine with three point eight, walks per nine with one point one, strikeouts with one hundred forty six, strikeouts per nine with fourteen point three, WHIP with a point five four, strikeout <laughs> <laughs> strikeout to walk ratio with a thirteen point three, FIP with a one point two three, ERA with a one point oh eight. ERA plus with a three with three hundred sixty three and Fangraphs wins above replacement. He gives up a he gives up a base runner just about every two innings. Yep, once you know or uh, every four innings he'll just let two guys on if when he wants to and then and then for uh, four more innings of perfect baseball. Yeah, uh, even even with whatever potential innings difference, uh, I ignore that with Degrom because he's. His ERA is like .65 below the next best guy, so I, you know, I I choose to ignore that. Yeah. So uh, now on to the most valuable player awards, mm-hmm. American League MVP. We talked about this with Kyle, and I think yeah, it's yeah. definitely evolved. It's oh, it's very much evolved. And the correct answer is Shohei Otani. Yes. Um, I can, Chris. You know, we can throw whatever numbers we want at each other, but let me just let me just say this. We're recording this on July twelfth, twenty twenty one. One month ago, June twelfth, twenty twenty one. What was the biggest story in baseball? June twelfth. June twelfth. What were we talking about? Uh, was it? Uh, oh, sticky stuff. It was sticky stuff. Yeah. It was a big scandal going on in baseball. Not very good for not a very good look for baseball when the biggest story going is a big scandal that spreads throughout the entire league. Yeah. We are now recording on July twelfth. What is the biggest story in baseball? Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. <laughs> and well, think about this. When was the last time you saw some sort of headline regarding to the sticky stuff? Because I think I know what it was. Like, what's the l- most recent thing that really pops into your mind? Um, is it obvious? Because I'm thinking about Hector Santiago. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah that, that was two and a half weeks ago. There hasn't really been much talk about the the sticky substances since Hector Santiago got you know ejected. Everybody... And their mother is talking about Shohei Otani. Yeah, uh, this dude is literally saving the reputation of the 2021 season by mm-hmm. himself. That's all you need to know for most valuable player. Yeah, uh, yeah, Shohei Otani. 
he's uh, yeah definitely shown a light. Uh, you know, he's starting. He's going to be the starting pitcher for the American League, and he's going to be leading off. And he's going to be in the home run derby tonight. And he's the one, the one seed, might we add? Yeah. <laughs> in the home run With derby, thirty-three home runs. You know, the leader in barrels per plate appearance. It's it's insane. Like if you took out his pitching, he's still having a ridiculously good season. He's still yeah. he's still the MVP if you just look at his hitting. <laughs> like very like. And it's like oh, by the way, he also has eleven strikeouts per nine. <laughs> yeah. He's 67 innings of solid yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, this is, it's the first year that he's really been putting it all together. Yeah. Uh, this is something like, this is a season that we're going to be talking about years down the road. Yeah. I mean, like, it, you know, we're still talking about Bob Gibson's 1968. We're still talking about Pedro's 99, 2000. We're going to talk about Shohei Otani's 2021 to our kids, our grandkids, generations, of, you know, beyond ourselves. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. And I think, like, with Otani, with his ability uh, with the bat and, you know, pitching, it might be a thing of, like, um, Bonds in the early 2000s. Like, when is the next time we're going to see an MVP that's not Shohei Otani? It's, you know, it's hard to say that because he hasn't won one yet. But the way, the direction things are going, it seems like it's just going to be Otani for a while. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned Bonds, like, Think about this effect, like, you know, I look at Barry Bonds' baseball reference page, and I look at his, you know, 01 through 04. Obviously, I was a baby back then, so I don't remember it. And I, all I can think is, like, man, like, I can only imagine watching an MVP season where a guy has a 1422 OPS. Like, that must that must have been crazy to watch, and it'll never happen again. You know, our kids are going to look at Shohei Otani <laughs> and be like, man, I couldn't imagine a season where a guy had a 1050 OPS and also, like, a 125 ERA plus yeah. with <laughs> with 11 strikeouts per nine. Like, I'll, I, I can't imagine what that must have been like to watch. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're very lucky to, to be in this position. And just for numbers' sake, uh, for reference, uh, he has a full win above replacement more than the next best player. And this is on baseball reference where they have the total pitching, <laughs> pitching plus uh, hitting. He is uh, second in offensive... Offensive runs above average. First in home runs with 33. Uh, first in slugging with a 698. Uh, then he also has 67 innings pitch with a 349 ERA, 375-372 expected ERA, and 132 ERA+. So his OPS plus is in the upper 100s, like 170-something, ERA plus 132. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I tell a story about Otani's season so far? Go ahead. So, uh... Shout out to uh, my friends. Uh, if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, I am in a league, a fan, uh, sort of a fantasy league, with uh, a bunch of people that I'm friends with through my baseball Instagram page, at MLB Editors. Um, and every year, well, we, in 2019, we started doing a, our, our own fantasy baseball league where we strictly grade based off of F4. We draft a team at the beginning of the season. Whoever's team accumulates the most F4 throughout the season is the winner. And we had a discussion on how we're going to handle Shohei Otani. And what we did is we decided you can use him as a utility player and you get his pitching and his batting points. So our Angels fan f- friend in the group picked Otani in the third round this year. And we were like, okay, he's just going to put him as a utility man. And then two rounds later, he just forgot about that and drafted Nelson Cruz, who can <laughs> only be used as a utility player. So now he can only use Otani for pitching points this year. Oh my! Which is brutal. Wow. Yeah. Like, really, really just that's like the, over. that's like one of three guys you couldn't have drafted if you also wanted Otani. Yeah. Like it's it's Nelson Cruz, Jordan Alvarez, JD Martinez. Those are basically the only three guys you could not have drafted. Right. And two rounds later, he took Cruz. That is uh, yeah, that's that's tough. <laughs> He's missing out on like four wins, which Exa- is which is huge. Exactly. Uh, where is he like placed in the league? Oh, he's like last. Oh, <laughs> I think he's either ninth or tenth out of ten people. I mean, let me check the standings right now, uh, so I so you can really get the. What's his offensive wins above replacement right now? Do you know off the top of your head? Otani. I yeah. mean, it's got to be three and a half, four, five and a half. Maybe. Okay, it doesn't or, make that. Okay. Or no, not five, like four and a half. So he's at nineteen point eight. Uh, the leader is at. He's in ninth. The leader's at thirty point four. So. I mean, that cuts the deficit between him and the leader just about in half. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. Uh, and he would also be, okay, if you add four and a half to that, to 19.8, it's basically, he'd basically he'd basically be in the middle. 
Yeah, wow. Tough. I'm in second, if anyone's wondering. That is tough yeah. for uh, the the Angels fan that yeah. you know. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, ALM, midseason AL MVP Shohei Otani. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have it by the end, yeah, by year's so. end. Um, yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. how it will happen. All right. Uh, National League MVP. Who do you got? This is an interesting race. I got Jacob DeGrom. I, I do. Uh, I probably would have picked Acuna if he didn't get hurt. Uh, I mean, I guess Acuna was my first half MVP. But going forward, he's obviously not going to win it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going with Jacob DeGrom. Uh, I mean, what else is there to say? Like, he's having a legitimately... He's also having a legitimately historical season as a pitcher that we've really never seen before. He's yeah. a 1.08 ERA, and that's after a few bad starts. Yeah. But bad by his standard, where, you know, he gave he let up a couple runs. Yeah, and he has he has, he has a higher ERA plus than uh, anyone did last year. And la- last year, they, uh, mm-hmm. like... They had a lot less innings than uh, DeGrom yeah, has this year. Exactly. Um, for numbers on uh, DeGrom, I have Jacob DeGrom as well for National yeah. League MVP uh, at at this se- at this point in the season. He has more he has more overall B WAR than any National League position player. Uh, he has as much or more win probability added than any National League position player, uh, and he leads all National League pitchers in position player F WAR, meaning he has the most contributions as a batter and fielder um, out of out of the National League pitchers. So, like, not only is, does he have his you know 108 ERA um, and you know one two three FIP in over 90 innings, he also has been an above average offensive player uh, in his you know limited time. Uh, batting but he's got 33 plate appearances he's got an ops plus and weighted runs created plus above 100 so you know that adds a little bit to it as well um which is kind of funny like <laughs> you know you got two pitchers as the uh mid-season mvps currently which is funny uh and yeah i mean like outside of numbers you know every every start has been a game the Mets should win with uh, Jacob Degrom, that's yeah. that's what he brings there. You know, they suck with them on the mound, and they're still eleven and four uh, <laughs> when they when they uh, when he starts. But uh, I don't think Degrom is gonna win the MVP uh, for the full season. I think uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is gonna take over Ooh, and, okay. and win that MVP. I'm, I'm gonna stick with my guns and say Degrom wins it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, the way Tatis is going. Like he's he also has something pretty special, uh, pretty special going on. He's, I mean, poten- like there's potential. I don't think they'll do it, but there's potential for a forty forty season. Uh, and he also has improved his defense since the first month of the year, which is nice. All right, so uh, that wraps it up for the above replacement radio mid season awards. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brandon, allow you to not go back to back. My apologies, Max Fried. You did not win midseason National League Cy Young. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually was looking back at my midseason picks from last year to see like how I how I did prep. So that's the only all I remember, I remember was, was Brandon Lau was my <laughs> midseason AL MVP. Yeah, I mean he was, he was certainly the best uh, position player. Yeah, like th- there was no one breaking away. Did you have Shane Bieber? Yeah, yeah, I, and. It, it was inspired because uh, Jeff Passan had him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea." <laughs> yeah, he's totally right. I mean, not 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 a bad person to listen to, right? Especially if you're on this program, and you know, yeah, uh, he wouldn't be here. a he wouldn't be a bad guy to listen to, like around episode sixty two of this no, show. yeah, yeah, he wouldn't be bad to listen to at all. Yeah, it definitely is entitled Daniel interviewed Jeff Passan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, you know, definitely not you know just a random fifteen minute interview of great great uh insight from jeff passan yeah all right so uh yeah that does it for midseason awards all right now we get into our players to highlight yeah we do um just a fair warning for everyone listening we will be taking a one episode break from the players to highlight as that you know there's no games being played we're not going to be like no no <laughs> you know no games that go on baseball reference pages being counted we're not going to be like 
Cedric Mullins is two for his last two in <laughs> exhibition games. <laughs> in all-star game history, he is the third Orioles player to go two for two. Yeah. How about that? Right. Yeah. Uh, in his yeah, in his last or since uh, since July twelfth, uh, he leads Greg- the league in extra base hits with two. Since July twelfth, Gregory Soto has a. Negative 1.5 fifth as he struck out the side. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be doing that. Uh, we'll be. I think maybe I'll just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll go. We'll go ahead. And... I mean, to be fair, like the 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 baseball the stat head game finder does actually include all star game, so maybe we can tweet some stats. Oh yeah. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. If, if we find something. We don't. We... But it's got to be special. It can't just be like. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the 15th Padres shortstop in all-star game history. Right, right. Yeah, we can't be doing that. Even though that's definitely not a thing. Yeah. um, Also, uh, we would be mean to be doing slightly alarming statistics. Yeah, no. (laughs) That's not going to be a thing. (laughs) Since July 12th, uh, yeah, since July 12th, Adoles Garcia is hitting 000 (laughs) with an O O O O P S with two with with a hundred percent strikeout rate yeah. and zero percent walk rate. Oh for one off the bench. Yeah, and man, his think... strike his strikeout rate is in the zeroth percentile. <laughs> right among hitters with two plate appearances. Yeah, no hard hit balls. It's bad. <laughs> All right, so uh, now we get into our <laughs> July to, uh, Monday, July twelfth, twenty twenty one edition of. So who do you got? Uh, I mean. Just going another mock slightly alarming. You know, I'm looking at Joey Gallo today. His his average launch angle since July 12th 53 degrees. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and now now for our how about that? Matt Olson has 55 home runs since July 12th. He leads all of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. He leads on. <laughs> He leads on fastballs lower than seventy-five miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you get a if you get a fastball if he gets a fastball between sixty-five and seventy miles, that's like per right hour, over the heart of the plate. Yeah. <laughs> then, His home run percentage is like eighty-two percent. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we won't be uh, opening that Pandora's that box. Can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who do you got for how about that? Uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you a trivia question, and uh, you're going to answer it. Who do you think has the longest active hit streak in the majors, and how long do you think it is? Longest active uh, hit streak in the majors? Um, Well, it's not my how about that, so it's not him. Um, It's not someone who... uh, What what division? Uh, American League West. American League West. That might be a giveaway. Huh. I, I, nothing's coming to mind right now. David Fletcher. Oh, David Fletcher. David Fletcher has oh, a right. 24 yeah. game hit streak. Oh yeah, they were talking about it on the Red Sox broadcast. Yeah, uh, he's been killing it lately. Uh, since June 13th, when it started, he is slashing 439, 455, 522, 1047. And here's a little interesting note: uh, his average during this hit streak is 60 points higher. Than it was during the first 24 games of Joe DiMaggio's hit streak. Oh wow! Wait. Yeah. Wait, repeat that again. Uh, David Fletcher's hit streak during or his batting average during the hit streak is 60 points higher than Joe DiMaggio's was during the first 24 games of his hit streak. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah that's pretty big. Yep. Uh, since the day the streak started, he is hitting 485 against fastballs, and. <laughs> That is the that is the highest average among the 225 hitters who have seen at least 150 fastballs, and this is probably my favorite part of it. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about how David Fletcher is like a supreme contact hitter, yeah, and like how he's just you know just above everyone else in that regard, except for like Nick Madrigal, and that's like it. Uh, this is my favorite thing. Fletcher has seen 184 fastballs since the day the streak started. 92 of them have resulted in bad balls. Wow. Exactly half. <laughs> like, one out of every two fastballs David Fletcher sees is a batted ball. Like, that means they don't count, you know, s- swings and misses, foul balls, pitches he doesn't swing at at all. 
half of them are padded balls, which is insane. Wow. Uh, that is also the highest frequency among that group of 225 hitters. Uh, so, yeah, David Fletcher. Uh, first guy to do uh, an above-replacement radio comeback special. He was a slightly alarming <laughs> That's true. earlier in the year. So, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's come back. He's so, back, yeah. So, yeah, Chris, you know, Chris Bryant was a freeze-over, the, the, an ARR freeze-over. I don't know. Yeah, I like think, it. we got to think of names. Uh, but, yeah, the first first man to do the above replacement radio comeback special so yeah shout I, like, to, I think those are both good names shout out to uh him i actually do have another freeze over um oh. coming up but my how about that is uh a different infielder out of the west national league west uh i mean he's he's been doing it pretty much last like couple months but specifically in the last week he's really turned it up brandon crawford uh under the mid-season national league manager of the year Gabe Kapler, Brandon Crawford, uh, overall this year hitting 289 with a 921 OPS. Uh, this is probably his best year uh, of his career thus far, and he's yeah. 34 years old. Uh, he ranks seventh among all fielders in outs above average as well. So doing it on offense and defense. Also, he ranks second among all Major League Baseball shortstops in Baseball Reference War. And in his last eight games, he is hitting 594. With a 1455 OPS, uh, he's really been killing it. Um, how many how many Giants players like in their at least age 34 season have we gone over on how about that? Because we obviously did. You did Crawford, I did Longoria, you did Posey, but you also did the whole pitching staff. Yeah. Like Alex Wood, is he? Nah, I think those are uh, older guys. Also, how about that for uh, Ted Williams? Is he also had? a higher uh, average than DiMaggio during his streak. People while forget. The, while the streak was happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how Chris is going to march into the <laughs> Hall of Fame tomorrow, and he's going to, like, be yelling at the cashier's face. It's like, why don't you have his, why don't you have his 84 game on base streak on his plaque? <laughs> it's a more important record. <laughs> it's way cooler. <laughs> get, he got on base. He didn't always get on base via hit, but he got on base. Like oh. a, there's like a random tour guide just going with some people. It's like, don't let these people lie to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go to Derek Jeter's plaque. I'm like, 218 with runners in scoring position in the playoffs. Go to, Harold, go to Harold Baines' plaque. That's it. That's the whole joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Not great. Uh, yeah, so we've gone over Posey, Longoria, and... Uh, Posey Longoria and Crawford. All right, yeah. so we, now we go from the highs to the lows, where uh, we're talking about players or subjects that have been underperforming for our July 12, 2021 edition of... Slightly alarming. So what do you got for us? Uh, I'm looking at a player who had very high hopes in the 2020 season, but then he uh, he could have been a freeze-over in 2020. We, we just didn't talk about him yep. on this segment. Uh and he's continued that slide. Charlie Blackman, uh, on August 11th of 2020, uh, you probably remember the story with Charlie Blackman. He was uh, he was flirting with a 400 season. In fact, he was hitting 500 through his first 17 games of last season. Uh, and since then, since August 12th of 2020, so over the last 11 months, uh, he is slashing 245, 332, 351, 683 for a 71 or for a 73. Weighted runs created plus in 126 games. And among the 91 players with at least 450 plate appearances since that date, by the way, Blackman has exactly 500, so I could have just, I could have cherry-picked this completely, but I mm -hmm. went with 450 because all this still holds true. Uh, among those 91 players, Blackman's 0.0 F4, 73 weighted runs created plus, 351 slugging, and negative 15.6 offensive runs above average is the very worst in the majors among those 91 hitters. Uh, his ground ball rate is also at 51.3% this season, which crushes his career high, which was 45.4% in 2012, where he only had 121 plate appearances, so not a full season. Uh, his launch angle is also at 7.8 degrees, the lowest it's been uh, his entire career. Uh, the previous low was 13.4 degrees in 2017, almost double what it is now. Uh, so we might be looking at 
I mean, we are looking at a declining Charlie Blackman right before our very eyes. Uh, he has his contract is technically up this year, but he has a player option for 2022 and 23, which I'm assuming he's probably going to take it because yeah. he's getting paid more than he's been worth on the field yeah. uh, ever since this date. And uh, yeah, we are watching a an aging Charlie Blackman right before our eyes. Yeah, Charlie Blackman. And it's not even like, you know, he's been a product of Coors Field. He actually has reverse splits. He has a 698 OPS at Coors Field and a 750 OPS away from Coors Field in 2021, which is a bit weird. I was actually looking at this. Uh, TOPS Plus is a stat on baseball reference that measures OPS Plus with a split in regards to that player. Yeah. So, like, since he, so like he has a 90, I think, 3 TOPS Plus at home which would mean that he has a 107 TOPS plus on the road. Yeah. And I think he's one of like nine Rockies players to have a to have a TOPS plus below 93 at home in any qualifying season or something like that. Yeah. It, I mean it would uh it would make sense. Yeah. I mean, even even with park factor players are usually just disproportionately mm-hmm. better at cores. Um so yeah, Blackman, yeah, he was he was a how about that pretty early in uh, the 2020 season and yeah haven't really heard from us from him since uh my uh slightly alarming is a freeze over uh he is isaiah kiner falefa yeah he's uh, a he's like a he was a twice how about that and now yeah. a slightly alarming he was a 2020 how about that 2021 how about that Damn. and now uh 2021 slightly alarming that's a big freeze over yeah and i wouldn't I probably wouldn't mention him if I hadn't done a how about that before because he's not someone mm-hmm. who's like it's it's not a big news story when Isaiah Kiner Falefa is struggling. But at one point I actually looked back at my notes when he was a how about that. There was a three week span where he led the league in uh, F war. So I mean it's a big uh it's a big uh turnaround in the yeah. in the wrong direction. So in his last seventeen games he is hitting one of thirty-eight with a three fifty-eight OPS and one weighted run created plus. Uh, in just, the span, just one, just just one. We're not even using it in plural. One just old... one rated run run created. <laughs> yeah, just just say weighted run created plus right there. Just uh, a sad old one. Yeah. Uh, in the span, uh, he ranks third to last in average, last in on base percentage, second to last in slugging. Last in OPS, last in weighted runs created plus, and last in wins above replacement. Also in the span, uh, this is kind of what's eye-opening. His hard hit rate is 25%, and his ground ball rate is 69.1%. Not nice. Not nice. It's uh, it's nice, but it's not nice. Yeah, right. Uh, league average is about 45%. I, I understand if you ground a little more, but when you're grounding the ball uh, almost 70% of the time, uh, that's not a recipe for success, uh, batting wise. So, uh, Isaiah Kiner Falefa getting the freeze over treatment and slightly alarming. So yeah, that um, wow, that does it for uh, players to highlight. The, Pre- uh, preview of the week ahead. What's going on? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, my week? Fa- <laughs> so my favorite pitching matchup: Max Serger versus Shohei Otani. <laughs> it's gonna be great uh, on Tuesday in Colorado. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, random random note. Uh, Darren Baker, who you might remember from uh, the 2002 World Series, you know, he ran onto the field. Yes. He just got drafted by the Nationals. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Which makes sense. Be... We were two years old when that happened. He was probably around the same age. And yeah, uh, yeah now, just a reminder, people our age are getting drafted, and we're talking about Isaiah Conner Fuller's one-weighted run created plus. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, yeah. It, really, it's... it really puts it in perspective. Yeah, I, I would assume, like... It, whoever's listening probably has gone through this stage, but we're going through the stage where it's like we're we're accepting that star athletes are going to be younger than us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wander Franco is ten months younger than younger than me. Yeah, that one hurts. He's younger than me as well, and yeah. you know the Red Sox just drafted a guy two years younger than us. Yeah, like the even three years. Wander Franco was not even conceived when I was born. Right, that one's scary. Yeah. And it's just gonna keep going. Team time, uh, time marches on. There's that. There's that. Uh, there's this one song off the Malcolm in the Middle soundtrack. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're getting older. So yeah. that's that's us. That's yep. that was us. Uh, MLB draft night for for sure. 
Um, all right. Well, that does it. There's no preview of the week ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously. well, let's, I mean, like, okay, let me ask oh, you right. this. Yeah, we got to talk about the all- all-star game predictions. Home run derby prediction, go ahead. Um, I, it just, uh, I don't know why, there's no statistical reason. There is I, no real statistical way to go about the home run derby. I mean, I was looking at the, I was looking at, like, exit velocity barrels, but, uh, you know, Sh- Shohei and Gallo should be the clear favorites in my mind based off mm-hmm. of the, those numbers. Um, I have, uh, I think round by round, I have uh, Shohei beating Soto. I have uh, Alonzo beating Perez, although I think it would be funny if Perez just went through and annoyed everybody. That would he's, piss me off. He's, he's by he's, far the lamest person in this. He's the most unwanted guy yeah. in there. Um, and then uh, I got, I actually think. I think Story might be able to feed off the home home crowd and maybe push past Gallo, but Gallo is Gallo would, is Gallo would be tough to beat. But I have I did one of those brackets. I have a Story going, and it, it would be cool to see Mancini make it out of that round. But he also is he is facing Matt Olson. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's tough. I I have Olson. Yeah, I have Olson going. So then I have Olson versus Story, Shohei versus okay, um, Alonzo, and I have Shohei and El- uh, Olsen in the final, and I've I have Olsen winning. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so I I got to roll with my guy here. Uh, I I have picked the same person to win back to back NL MVPs. I picked the same guy in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and I've said on this program I will pick him every year until he doesn't win it, or until he finally wins it. So uh, I'm going with Juan Soto to win the Derby. It's a hell of an underdog, mostly because of the first round though. Like Soto has a much easier path. After Ohtani, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he'll have to face one of Alonzo and Perez, and uh, you know Alonzo's yeah. a, a a tough beat, but if he if he ends up going, but I think yeah, I think it would be we have the a, same an easier route. We have the same bracket other than Soto because I have Alonzo beating. Actually, no, that's not true. I have Alonzo beating uh, Perez. Mm-hmm. I have Gallo beating Story. I have Olson beating Mancini, and then I have Olson beating. Uh, Gallo, but then I have Olsen losing to Soto. It is yeah. very cool the way they set the bracket, how there's four lefties and four righties, and the second round is guaranteed to be a left, like two lefties and two righties each going against each other. Yeah. Because the second round is going to be Otani slash Soto versus Alonso slash Perez, and then, uh, you know, Gallo slash, and then possibly Gallo Olsen versus possibly Mancini They're, and Story. Yeah, each. Each matchup will have different strategies. Yeah, like they're not going to be hitting home runs in the same spot. Exactly. Um, and yeah. This is this is MLB, every MLB the Show player's dream—a home run derby at Coors Field. Because that's because <laughs> in MLB the Show they actually put the Coors effect into the game. So every anytime you play an online derby, it's like ninety percent of the time at Coors Field. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like it might be um, tougher on right right-handers to uh, potentially win the derby because mm-hmm. I, I just imagine that left center field. Yeah compared to the right center the right center field has that high wall that's not too far away at least in a high elevation area so yeah i've got olsen winning daniel's got uh soto Soto. and yeah what what should we look forward to in the all-star game shohei otani obviously yeah um i'm I'm thinking about who's gonna get interviewed nolan arenado nolan arenado uh you know, I, he already returned to Coors Field, but, you know, on the national stage, getting to do it again, yeah. that's going to be cool. Um, I would say... It's Fernando Tatis Fernando Jr.'s, Tatis Jr.'s first, first All-Star first game. First All-Star that's game. That's going to be big. Um, you know, having... I mean, Shohei versus Tatis, that's going to be freaking cool. Yeah. It's, that's going to be it's awesome. It's never happened before. Yeah. yeah, it's never happened before, I don't never think. Never has. Uh, that's going to be amazing. Um, and then... What, let me ask you this. I, I mean, first of all, uh, who's your All Star Game MVP? Who All Star Game MVP? There's a, a a lot of candidates. I mean, it would it, it would be too obvious to pick Shohei Otani. That's why I'm picking him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, for him, yeah. If I can't he, wait for uh, I can't wait for when MLB does like the stand up at cancer thing. You know, like they always do in between yep. innings, and then Nick Castellanos leads off the next <laughs> inning with a bomb to left field. Right. Uh, First pitch. Yeah. Yeah. He's during the. He's not hold. He doesn't hold up the sign. He's just on deck swinging. 
just ready to go. <laughs> uh, also, I think this is going to be the first time Joe Buck commentates a game with Shohei Otani. Yeah, I it. think so. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, Buck same does, with same with Tatis. Buck doesn't even do like regular season games anymore. No, he doesn't. So. He just does. He just does the All Star game in the playoffs. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, in a in a situation where Shohei doesn't win, maybe he like has a even he could even have a shutout inning with maybe one strikeout and then maybe like flies out a couple at bats. I don't know, but it, it would be very obvious to pick him. I don't know. I don't know who. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good candidates. Otani is the clear favorite. Um, I don't think anyone's won a home run derby and then won all-star game MVP. Which is why I have Soto. Actually, neither of us have Otani. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about the starters. There's a good amount of options. I think it'll be a maybe a left-handed batter does it. Uh, I think the American... The American League is on a winning streak, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they haven't lost since... 2012. 2012. That's wild. That's so weird. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, they've all won. Yeah. Which so, not that it really matters now, because right. of the, the rule change, which I'm for, but... Joey Gallo is going to win all right. All-Star Game MVP. All right, book it, and then he's going to get traded. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see him. His, his market value has never been higher. <laughs> yep. Trade him while you can. <laughs> Remember when, like, Machado was, like, literally basically a Dodger? Right, and yeah. Then, like, his la- like we all knew his last appearance as an Oriole was going to be in the All-Star game. Yeah, it, it's true. Like, it was, like, the next morning, it was like, all right, here's the trade. Manny's going to the Dodgers. This is who's going to the Orioles. Right. That was it. That was how it ended. Yeah, it was like, I mean, the, the Orioles were on the verge of trading him for like or should have been on the verge of trading him for months yeah especially after the that trade has not really gone down well for them like using the Diaz has not made it to the majors yet no i don't think he's doing very well yeah i I remember he was in the top 100 prospects Mm -hmm. and now he's out of it (laughs) yeah that's tough uh so yeah yeah that's uh that does it for uh this edition of First, first, first in-person off Springfield wow. edition of Above Replacement Radio. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you're, if uh, you want to follow, follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Current, and follow the show Instagram for all the show needs at Above Replacement Radio on Instagram. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you on Thursday, where we are going to be uh, breaking down the American League and uh, what what each American League and National League East team should yeah, do right. uh, at the trade deadline and talk about this conversation. This conversation is over. Is over. <laughs>